Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is something deep in each of us that knows there's more to me. In this, in this current experience of life. We can have ideas about awakening. You know, maybe I'm supposed to go to yoga five days a week and you know, I have to go to meditation retreats and I have to be vegan and I can only eat this. I don't know whose life that is, but it's not mine. It's living your authentic presence. And that's the challenge. Because if I abandon me to belong, I've still abandoned me. This whole incarnation, as far as I can see, is an invitation to authenticity, to step out of all of these conditionings. We are not confined to the physiological idea of the five senses. We are boundless. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And today is going to be a day filled with a lot of inspiration. So hold your horses. We have with us Tanmaya Wilson. Tanmaya, how are you? I'm wonderful, thank you, and I'm delighted to be here with you. Oh, it is such a treat to have you here. For those that know Tamaya, you guys know how much of a treat it is to have her here. For those that don't, she specializes in conscious relating, and you will come to find that very soon. Even I have a massive affinity for 
I don't know, I don't want to put Tamar on the spot, but even just her linguistics, her voice, the way she shares things, really, they just sink all the way in. I'm a big, big, big fan of the way she supports the Gene Keys transfer, like transfer of knowledge into all of our beings. I'm a big fan. She basically helps specializes in, I would say, helping people living in truth, love and freedom. Tanmayo, there is such a deep well for us to experience when you're around. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for the invitation. It's very beautiful. And I don't say yes to all invitations either. So, But, you know, with that smile and... <laughs> you know the, the, what else can there be but yes <laughs> touch wood touch wood i'm glad the kooky smile gets me somewhere <laughs> yeah you said there was something pertinent that you felt like sharing just before we had this little share just before the actual recording began and you were sharing a little bit about where you've been and what happened in your life and you know i feel like there are so many people today you talked about that level of just no fulfillment and realizing this is I'm not aligned somehow and I also heard you say this may not have been your exact words but you started by saying well I watched other people doing this and I thought "Mm, maybe I could do that too I'm sure I could do that too and then that's like I heard you say something like I'm not particularly creative like a lot of other people and this is a, and you then corrected yourself because you know now you you've come to understand and you're living that creativity through your voice, through your invitations, through what you're sharing with the world. And it reminded me of this beautiful story that I read years ago, and it's years ago. It's maybe longer than you've been alive. <laughs> no. <laughs> I often have to remind myself of that. <laughs> Aren't we all 25 in our head? Sorry, please oh, continue. Well, exactly. You know, this is the beauty and the confusion. You know, the, the vehicle that we're residing in, the body form, starts to say, okay, this biological spacesuit is approaching its use-by date. But you, the divinity within, that is the living conscious expression of existence moving through this form, you are eternal and immortal. Like I was here before this body and I will be here after this body. So it's good to remember that that youth that we feel is our living eternal presence. And that can be the confusion that we get as suddenly, I mean, I don't know, but you're a little bit, you know, I look at the mirror some days and I want, oh, could I just sit back a bit? <laughs> You know, it's like I, I love that that aspect of fun and vanity. You know, one of the things I remember hearing Richard say is vanity is the last thing to go because if you even think about fixing vanity, you're already vain. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that take on it. But to go back to what you were saying, I feel there are so many people in this world that are at that point. It's like a crux point. You know, if you were a mountain climber, you've hit that crux point and you've got to take a real stock of where you are and how you're going to move from that crux point. Because up until that moment, life has looked like one thing and something in you is suddenly saying, I can't do this anymore. But what it reminded me of, and I hope I'm going to get this right, 
but I have this little fantasy that it was in a book by James Hillman, who is this extraordinary author. I can't remember which book because I read several. But I remember him telling this story, and this is how I remember it. So please forgive me, James Hillman, or whoever. that I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> my life, whoever you are, it was really beautiful. So he was telling stories about, he told this one story about this family that were all involved with the bullring in Spain. The whole family were involved. But there was one little boy, every time everybody went to the bullring or they wanted to take him to the bullring, he screamed and yelled and hid behind his mother and he was not going. And then he's older and he's now like 12 or something. No, I'm not going. So they, they finally surrendered and thought, we don't know what it is, but this child is, he, maybe he's not, you know, he's never going to come with us. That's, we have to accept. And one day he walked into the bullring himself when he was like maybe a young teenager or a teenager. And he's still known as one of Spain's most well-known matadors. And there are authors and artists, like authors who hated English when they were at school, never thought they would write anything. And there are, there are, there are, art is something that comes and arises and lives within us until its moment of expression. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I spent years, I'm, I'm not creative. You know, I don't write books or paint pictures or, I mean, I have lost count of the workshops that have been created. <laughs> you know, so there's this idea we have concepts and often it's not until we untie our boat from the shore that we take that breath of, that's terrifying because that's been our security that we finally say, okay, I'm going to take my courage because there must be something else for me. And sometimes you have to make little steps to move away, you know, and eventually you burn the boat. But the point of his whole exercise was the acorn always knows it's an oak. And for me, that, that's such a beautiful metaphor for this awakening process. There is something deep in each of us that knows there's more to me than this, than this current experience of life. And there's a, there's a deep, it's like there's an unfulfillment, you know, an, an, an emptiness that is not sitting in the void of spaciousness. This is a, a longing to, to find something that is going to fill this kind of knowing of, of energy that doesn't leave you alone. And there, there's only so much, like I think of my younger life, you know, there's only so many lovers or new cars or you know drinks in tall glasses with umbrellas or holidays or whatever it is until one day there is some for me in a way there was a moment of recognition I'm done I don't know I don't know what I'm doing but somehow I'm being drawn some some somewhere else to something deeper and it was only through my own inquiry it was through the workshops I went to and the trainings that I attended and the meditations forever and ever that I also that something started 
But somewhere we have to take that first step, that little tiny step. And it might be a tiny step to go buy a book, like, of course, for us, Gene Keys, of course. <laughs> for me, the love book. But get on the website, take that step. And if it's not for you, it will likely lead you to the very step you are looking for. So I wanted to really share that piece, you know, for all those people that are on that cusp at the moment. And at this time of year, it can feel really potent with all of the energies that are transiting. And sometimes you might feel like, you know, some, sometimes I hear from people who are on the journey and, and they say to me, I don't know, Tanmayo, I think I'm getting worse. I, I, I don't know why you are starting now. And, you know, it's like, and of course. Sorry, of there's course. a knowing laughter. In there. Of course. Staring at these shadows in their face. <laughs> and you notice yourself on your third glass of wine and you think, well, this is not very spiritual. <laughs> and, and this is the point of the inner critic. The inner judge went to all the workshops with you. You know, it's read all the books. So as you move and change and shift and your values move and change and shift, so does the awareness of this superego, this inner critic, that knows how to nip yeah, in your yeah, yeah. ear. So in one sense, this experience of thinking, oh God, I'm not getting anywhere. This is the old program of this inner critic. You know, either superior or inferior puts you down or then you're the best one on the path, whichever way it goes in any moment. But as you start that awakening process, one of the things that happens for you more importantly is you are now awakening. I'm never going to say awakened. And that is like, I'm awakening. I think for me, we're all awakening, whatever that may or may not mean. You know, so, and so now you're more aware of all of these, what you were just saying, shadows, and, and that's often not in the corner, but yeah. <laughs> right, right in front of our noses. Or we catch ourselves in some reactive moment, or we hear our tone, and we think, wow, you know. But you are aware of it now. So it may seem louder, bigger, more intense. And that's the moment where we need to, to have some kind of container to hold ourselves. You know, one of the beauties in the Gene Keys community is we have these four principles that I'm sure you're aware of. You know, in the Gene Keys approach, you know, which is contemplation, inquiry, gentleness, and patience. Now, for, for most people hearing that for the first time, you think, are you serious? <laughs> you know, when, when, I don't know about you, but when have you been patient and when have you been gentle with yourself? And I don't have time to contemplate and inquire. I'm busy. Yeah. You lost most of the blokes at gentleness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, though. It might benefit them. Oh, my God. It's been some of the best work I've ever done but yeah please yeah so but we learn and we and and we poo poo some of it and go oh it's a bit airy fairy isn't it you know it's a bit and for somebody like me 
you know, there's a huge spectrum of how we enter this field. You know, we can enter it through physical health or relational breakdowns or the death of a loved one or trauma in the family or addiction or any 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 door we can or we're totally connected you know in other dimensions we come in with living memory and if you come in with that and you feel like a bit of a space cadet and everybody around you goes yes it's a little weird you know you know and so it takes a long time to find your tribe but knowing all the things that you might know about interdimensional reality or past lives or whatever, I love all of what I've just said. And if it does not have practical application and living wisdom in my life today, then for me, it's lacking roots. So I like roots and wings. So for me, the primary thing that I see everywhere since I was a very small child, I could look at a face and hear the words and feel what landed in my body and feel like something's amiss. There's, 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 there seems to be three, you know, we're always in trinities. We even had one earlier. So like Richard to my own, there's another trinity that you've been playing with, but there's this quality of coming to really see how I was feeling as a child that you know it was there was no interference then there's no mind coming in a doubter to say oh you know oh what are you what are you talking about what yeah, yeah. That, right? Get grounded. <laughs> what you can't trust that it's not rational or logical so but as a child that's that openness and I was aware, I was becoming aware, oh, and I remember, this is kind of crazy, I was about seven, and my standing with my father, and people had been talking, and he looked at me, and he just looked straight at me, and he said, you are far too precocious. And I said, Dad, people are full of sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Seven-year-old trying to, she's been told a word she, she kind of somehow understands. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, the only way she can explain it is like, well. <laughs> so there was, there was this constant feeling that the words that were being spoken, the expression on the face, and what was happening deeper in the body were not aligned. So, some, so you know, this is where we've evolved from and we're still evolving from, you know, sometimes we need a social mask. You know, there's the social mask that comes with feeling rejected and shutting down and I can't cope with this anymore. That's a deeper trigger. But, you know, if, if you're at home with your parents or you're with friends from school and maybe you still have some or know some, but your family's your family, they might not all be into the things that you're into. So, so, you know, I think in the beginning, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but I was very enthusiastic, you know, like 1987, we've got the harmonic convergence. I'm kind of going crazy with all kinds of waking up things and workshops <laughs> and like somebody just hit the light switch and it was like, you've got work to do. Here we go. 
yeah. And you know, sometimes my son and I laugh about it now. And he goes, yes, mom, I remember it very well. <laughs> 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 and so I learned that, hey, you know, you're out here proselytizing. What are you doing? One of my greatest challenges, and I'm imagining it may be the truth for many people, is that in this awakening journey, as your values change and your language changes and how you relate to each other changes. And then when you're with people that you know all your life, that all that conversation has no space in that space. So it creates this them and us. You know, every child pretty much says they don't understand me, you know? Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a deep sense of where we've left off, but the, the sense of belonging actually is something that is... It's a very interesting dance because you come into this world belonging to a family and even as your spouse is like, but I just know my place. <laughs> like as you're growing and you're finding your way in the world and the spreading of the feathers and they're too big for the nest, you know, <laughs> and it's like, you know, and that consistent theme of belonging that is impregnated into the human experience and consistently try to find that again and again. And maybe you can attest to something further, but I find one of the most amazing things about the Gene Keys is actually the deep sense of belonging that it just, to, like it's an online community, in, but it's so much more than that. Like it's, I don't know, you call it a hologenetic profile, very well done. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like everybody's like feels, it's incredible just that that deep sense of belonging and how, yeah, healing it is. Um, I I want to be very conscious of the questions that I asked Emma because there's so many layers on which, and I think the the easy one for me to ask if it was somebody else and not you here today would be, okay, um, you mentioned the matador and the acorn and the oak tree. You know, what's the gestation period? How do we know that, you know, our gestation time is up? How do we burn our bridges? And how do we really make that transformation come through? And I think if I was speaking to anybody else, that would be the very next question I would ask. But honoring the fact that we've got you here with us today, I would like to go like just several rungs deeper, if that's okay. Because the acorn does know that it's the oak tree, right? And the matador knew that when it was his time, he was there to be who he was always meant to be. And so we can totally talk about the cusp of change and how we actually, you know, the gestation and how long we should be waiting for the optimal change to occur. But way layers beneath that is the actual, and you've used this word several times, and it is one of my deepest fascinations at present, the knowing. You know, that's a, that is a, life journey you know there is no way that I can soften that because there is also to, to get to that level of knowing we need that alignment that I was talking about and it doesn't mean that you're totally aligned and you're going to be aligned forever yeah sometimes <laughs> you, you learn from being off alignment a lot <laughs> it's like how do you I have been asked for probably 40 years now in groups how do, how do you trust your intuition that and way. I tell them, it was one of my questions for you today. <laughs> That's good because the answer is through not trusting it. Mm. It's through not trusting it. 
Because in that moment of not trusting it, and this the thing happens that you intuited, you go, oh, I knew that. <laughs> so then the next time it happens, same same gig. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> you know, and we need we need those moments because they're going to give us the experience that eventually starts to fine tune whether it's clear perception or intuition or instinct or guidance actually all of those are different qualities they have subtleties within them because we are frequency so as you go through that experience and some of them can be quite sort of in your face kind of experiences we learn and we go there it is again and then you start to realize oh that was one of those whichever one it was intuitive flashes clear perceptions but now comes the next step you have to be willing to act on it and and to be willing to act on it you have to receive yourself. You have to take that big breath that's really scary and be willing that you are like, you know, if you're a person that likes tarot, you know, the, that beautiful deck with a fool, the, you know, the zero in the tarot and he's got his little knapsack and he's just stepping his foot off the cliff. You know, or it's like Indiana Jones in that last movie you know, when he has to, when he's finding the grail cup and there's a chasm and he has to take that step in utter trust and the road rises to meet him. But these are metaphors for our lives. So, you know, some some of us are graced with just very a very simple road, and others their road is a little bit more challenging. So but again, that's a comparison. So what might look from my view to be simple for another person doesn't mean it was simple in their view. So we we come to that moment. There are there are always these defining moments. And sometimes you'll run away from it, and that's okay. And 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 the real thing is to allow yourself the time you need. You know. It's we talk about all these little steps, and at the same time we talk about these quantum leaps. Oh, that was amazing quantum leap! Oh, I went to this workshop; it was amazing. Oh, that session I had with so so it was the best ever. But we forget about the ten before it. Even the friend that said that little nuance that landed in our system. There has been many steps may have happened and likely did happen before that enormous quantum leap happened and in that moment there is there is no and for me anyway there's no thinking involved the feet are kind of moving your heart is moving you're throwing yourself in your heart is maybe beating or you just take a breath and you relax and you go you know what it's time and you close the door and and we have things like um preservation is a beautiful gift in in one of the archetypes of the gene keys and one of the first things that I ever was given in my life in this arena 
was a set of runes. You know, they come those old beautiful Viking runes. And I was given this lovely little bag of stones that I really loved. And there's one of them called the Gateway Rune. And before you step through the gateway, it's a bit like being at the stoplight in a car. Before you step through the gate, you look back. Because you're looking to see what you're taking with you. What is what is being preserved? What have you been learning? And even if you even if you don't recognize that you're doing that, there is something in you that knows, in your unknowing, that whatever this is. It's your dharma. This is your wisdom path. This is inviting you to meet yourself. So the only thing I could say to anyone is breathe. Have have support. You know, relax. You know, what? Relax? (laughs) Well, be crazy and worry and pull your hair out. You can do that too. Totally fine. There's no, no comment from me. And when you're done, then you will step through the gate. And sometimes we are curious beings. We have to we have to finish cycles or we have to get so it's almost being uncomfortable. We've, we've become comfortably uncomfortable. And that comfortly uncomfortable leads us to complacency and then we might notice I'm making lots of wee statements because I'm, I'm I'm talking as if I'm in the collective here of all the people I've ever shared but I know for me there's a place of the dissatisfaction in my life you know it was kind of taking over and I look back now and I can see places you know when I was married and my ex-husband I went through a lot of real sorrowful suffering of how I could have been so unconscious and how I spoke to him or treated him or you know because in the end it's not about the other it doesn't matter what he did or didn't do that's how we start it's about them they did it him her they the government the whatever Mm. and somehow in that pause that moment of awareness, we turn in. And in that turning in, there's a, okay, I am constantly reacting. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Active to all of this. 
And I hear myself negative talk and them and us. And there's something happens, a little switch goes off. And when that happens, that's the real work. The work starts then. When, when in that moment of taking responsibility, it doesn't matter where the trigger came from, I'm triggered. And I think there's a lot of research that talks about how much of that trigger is also only in present time. The rest is somewhere. Mm. And, and when we go back to look for that somewhere, sometimes that can also be a fruitless journey because sometimes what we're experiencing is things that are in our body that were there even before we had language you know we are already learning in the womb even our nervous system is active in the womb and then we have first breath and this beautiful golden child this being of light is born into this particular evolutionary cycle and it's like, oh, oh, there's going to be a big learning curve here. Lots you know? with all the fluorescent lights. <laughs> Who are these people staring at me that think I can't see them? <laughs> so so there, is, there is this mm, a place I feel where I can't remember what I was talking about now. I love that. It just wanders off, you know, I wow, and that's the end of, that's the end of it, you know. It's like it, my my mother, who's almost 86, she called, what does she call it? Oh, she calls it youth deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is the great thing about becoming more senior. You get away from like youth deficiency, you know. If I can't use my computer, there is always some beloved that will say, well, we better go sort out our computer, <laughs> I didn't come in with the digital wings or anything, you know. So there is that you know, joy to it. But to go back to where where we were, we are learning how to be in the world. And we're learning to what it is to be in that awakening process. And we cannot tear down the walls of Jerusalem all at once because in a way that's what they are. You know, we built these um, personalities so that we could belong. I want to go back to your belonging. A child needs, even if even if it never feels like belonging on some level, they need to be safe as they possibly can be in many traumatic situations. So we have to adapt and modify and do what we can to survive and often thrive in those environments. And sometimes we thrive through our inner independence, which if we're not a rebel, and maybe we thrive because we're a rebel, that both of those things are reactions in the nervous system. You know, our nervous system is built to fight or flee, and we become frozen. We know this frozen place very well now through all the somatic experiencing and the trauma therapy. And... If you're listening to this and you don't know what it is, just imagine right now that something has happened and you're just going to catch your breath <gasps> and see what happens in your body. Just by doing that small thing, how often in our lives, not only as children, 
But as teenagers and adults, when we're in situations we can neither fight or flee. So we freeze. Now on this journey, we have to start to become aware of that frozenness, that numbness, that places where we don't act or we don't talk. But the nervous system responds to these stressful situations. Some people push against them and some people move away from them. Now, sadly, we have been living in a culture that highlights the one who pushes again. Yeah. But this is also an action, first of all, of the nervous system, a habit, how we've responded, how we stayed safe. And then over time, as adults, we learn to balance that out so that we can be present in any moment. But in order to do that, we need some self-reflection. We need to notice in a situation when your solar plexus is tight, you know, when your belly's tight, where you notice your jaw's a little tight, where you're not breathing as deeply, you become more aware of the wisdom of the body. Because your experience is always in the body. The body is always in present time. So when we take that sacred breath that you hear me talk about so often, it's rem- in that moment there's a remembering to breathe a conscious breath that goes all the way to the body so that the body feels acknowledged. The cells know that you took a moment your organs are are in tune in that moment going, wow, you know, the head, the head what happened? You know, she hasn't been here for the last 50 years. And so, <laughs> wow, you know, goodness me, we're not alone, kids. There's a <laughs> you know, so we, we, we have these things that happen that slowly unravels all of this false, scaffolding that we needed to create to stay safe and to belong and ultimately it's we start to break down those little those little pieces piece by piece because you can't go in there with a bulldozer this is the only way you have ever known how to survive and many times you know I, I mean like many people there's times in my journey you know I was like a, a bull at a gate you know, I wanted to read all the books, to go all the workshops, to do the meditations and buy the crystals and go to India and do the thing. And, you know, and then some moment, you know, and I was vegan for four years. What? I didn't drink coffee. What? You know, I, and then one day it just changed. And it changed because I was listening also. And it changes in another way that, I'm here to live life to the fullest, whatever that is in every moment. So whatever whatever f- feeds me joyously, then I'm nurtured. So we start to realize we become more clear of ourselves in different situations. But when we're with our family and we've been traveling this road a long time, it's easy to, you know, I think it was, uh, who's that beautiful man that's written many books, Cornfield, Jack Cornfield. He was the first person that I ever heard say, 
if you think you're so enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> you know, and I think it's always a leveling experience. Mm, Just see how compassionate we can be, how tolerant we can be, how interested we can be in everybody else's life, even though they don't understand a bar of what we're up to. It's not their journey. And my beloved Osho, that I, you know, was a big influence in some ways in my life, I once heard him say he was in a in a beautiful uh, talk on Tilopa, and he said, "When somebody is asleep, you don't go to their bed and shake them and say wake up. No, you leave them be until they wake up. Leave them be. In any moment, they can be awake. But mostly for me, that them and us is still the biggest problem." I mean, we're back in separation. Mm. We make these, you know. Distinctions. Yes, we really really do. And I don't know who those beings are, all these, those those that are not, you know, not like me or or not on the path. They're not on the path. You You have to laugh at yourself. I mean, you've got to. If if you say rubbish like that, I mean, you've got to. You know. And and then your own humor comes up to catch yourself out. But that's the place of really seeing, wow, I'm equally as caught in the old algorithm right now as I was when I started. The difference being now you're aware. Yeah, the, the program's had a few software upgrades as well. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you don't get frustrated. And it doesn't mean you that you, you that some days you might experience yourself as being so enraged by what is going on in the planet and it's okay to have that kind of passionate rage in the moment it's like you're not causing any harm with it it's not even anger it's just a passionate red energy that is raging say come on and of course I can go behind it and hear the intolerance that is there or the whatever and that's okay because in the next moment I'm going to take a breath and it will be something else because every moment's fresh. That the body, if the fire is expressed and owned, it's not about something. It's just my frustration, you know. But there are some things that I think as a humanity we need to be enraged about. You know, there are some things that it's not okay, the amount of child trafficking that goes on in the world. I I'm not going to be passively talking about that. So, you know, we can have ideas about awakening. You know, know, maybe I'm supposed to go to yoga five days a week and, you know, I have to go to meditation retreats and I have to be vegan and I have to have that kind of whole food and I have to have that in my coffee and I can only eat this. I don't know whose life that is, but it's not mine. You know, it's living your authentic presence. And that's the challenge. Because if I, if I abandon me <clears throat> to belong, I've still abandoned me. It's the courage we need to step into this alignment so that we can actually have our truth spoken. Because I have received myself. That, and that's the first point, is 
to break down the frozenness or the numb or the lack of knowing what you're going to do or the inability to move or to stop the action for the sake of the action. It takes a moment of pause to really, to reflect, to say, what are you doing? And, you know, it's like, it took me years to leave my marriage. Years and years and years. I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was too big. The conflict was too much. And I loved him and I couldn't stand being with him and I loved him and I couldn't, you know, and there was this incredible holy dance that was going on within until one day it became really clear. His journey and my journey, they're just not the same journey. And we're each trying to hang on to each other and find ways to share this life when actually the gift that we'd been to each other had allowed us to arrive at that point to say, I love you and this is not my life. So we need time, whether it's to leave a job, change a profession, if it's, a, if it's in a relationship. Now, if I had the wisdom way back then that I have now, I, I it, maybe it would have been possible. But I didn't have that level of awareness and I only knew I cannot go on like this. I don't want to sail around the world. That's somebody else's dream. I don't want to live on a yacht. And actually, I like to know that the shore is not I come from a family of <laughs> come from a family of fishermen in the North Sea. And in my childhood, if we got through a winter at times where a man wasn't lost, that was a good winter. You know, when I I've seen fishing boats come into tiny little harbors with waves as big as I cannot imagine, where the boat disappears, and I would think they're never gonna make it, they're never gonna make it as a child. But I have that respect for the ocean. You know, like, no, that's that's not my love affair. So you find that place in you. Sorry, that was a long way around for No Tamara, you don't ever get to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> at least not here. Not on the Inspired Evolution podcast, at least. Um, the the pauses. You were there at the very first Gene Keys workshop. It was a Venus workshop. <laughs> and at some point someone would have invited you to pause. <laughs> Are the pauses now any different to the pauses? <laughs> sorry, I'll ask. Sorry. No. How have the pauses evolved? <laughs> I'm trying to ask it with a simple... Life becomes, life becomes a pause. Mm. You know, yes, I was at Richard's first workshop, and that's a whole tale in itself. I'd love to hear it. Ah! <laughs> 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 You're naughty. Well, I'll make it very short. You know, Venus transited in 2004. I was writing a workshop for my work, Integral Beauty, or art of integral touch and all these things and something in me said that venus energy landed somewhere there's something going on there's something going on with that venus energy and i was living in cologne 
and driving my friends nuts about this blah 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 that was going on about and everybody said, Oh my god, has she ever done this? And somebody handed me this little book. Um and I said, That's it. And he said, Tamaya, what do you want about that's human design? You know about that? I said, No, it's this guy on the the author on the cover of this book. That's who I'm looking for. And so I found the website, Gene Keys UK. And I went to the workshop that he was holding. Um, I think it was in 2005 before this, before that ever happened. And I was the only person there that didn't know anybody. And they asked me, well, how did you find us? And I said, I followed the energy. But, you know, the, I had been in, I, you know, I was already 50. I was already... You know, so I had done a lot of inner work by that time. I had fallen down a lot of holes, made a lot of mess, you know, and learned and kept on growing and changing. And I mean, I was teaching in all kinds of different countries and speaking at international conferences. I was not looking for something else. And that's the point. Listening to the guidance which is about your intuition, is to listen. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you. And if you're off on a, yes, you know, and if you're off on a mad rant, that's okay. You know, sometimes existence will give, well, me, I might get a mad rant to keep me occupied until the real thing appears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to, that's the living in, the knowing, if anything, is to live into the unknown. You know that something is changing or needs to change. This you know, but you might not know the direction. But each time that you sit into, I'm in this dissatisfaction. That's one of the places we were a while ago. Mm. Dissatisfaction, which leads us to a great longing and it becomes a longing for the divine ultimately now if somebody had told me you know when I was very happily lustfully enjoying bodies that I would ever be completely at peace living alone for these years that I have and have no longing for the other I don't know, I don't know who they are but something happens where that longing for the other or even the longing for God becomes such an inner peace that this even idea of longing starts to disappear there's nothing to long for your home your breath is in your body we relate to each other in our community because it's so nice to talk to people who love what we're experiencing. And most of the people I know are here to live through, add to the awakening process of the great change. We are living in an evolutionary cycle. And even although all the rational minds in the world will tell us what you're talking about, the thing that is really important to remember, your senses 
who hold this living wisdom have nothing to do with the doubter. And that sensory awareness grows as you listen to it. We are not confined to the physiological idea of the five senses. We are boundless. We are naturally clairsentient. But if you say that word to many people, and oh God, you know, we've gone all spiritual now. It's actually only a word to express a trust in our senses. We know that if something is if something has touched us deeply, we get goosebumps. Our body responds. These little hairs and our skin, that sensory system comes alive. If we hear a truth that touches us or a reality that touches us, if we hear a transmission that lands in our heart, our mind, our soul, our body responds before the brain is ever engaged. And I am aware of that. So we begin to encounter the experience and the experiencer. So as we as we take those breaths, it goes from that dissatisfaction with everything to realize actually I'm the only one here and I'm really dissatisfied. So who am I dissatisfied with? And how am I projecting it to everyone else? Those, those beings that I'm dissatisfied with, how do I know their soul journey? That could be a great angel that has taken on that role to be the absolute biggest difficulty and challenge in my life to see, are you awake yet? I know there is a plan much grander than I can ever imagine, but I have every part of my being knows that I'm here and somehow my life has been, every step has opened to this me sitting here with you. I would never have imagined it. I was a professional singer as a young person. (laughs) But see, I was using the voice. And I started to realize, even by the time I was 15 and 16, in in a club or whatever, when I was on stage, I would be able to know the troubled areas. Sometimes I would engage them, make them part of what we were doing. I mean, I wasn't aware that I was doing that. But I did it because we can be blind to what it is we're actually doing. So every every dissatisfaction is a gift. And when we start longing, it's good to really allow yourself to sit into that longing, that longing to belong or that longing to share all this love with the other. And ultimately... The question arises, tell me who the other is. To love and relate and belong for me is to fall in love with truth. To fall in love with truth is how those inner conflicts or that inability to face what is needed eventually 
I deepen into the courage because the truth drives me. I cannot live it as a lie anymore. I cannot keep pretending to put on that hat and that hat and that hat. But I can be with others who don't think like me and thoroughly enjoy them. I don't need anybody to be like me. But there is a need as people that are in this evolutionary cycle of crisis on planet Earth. And yet, we're birthed. You know, the baby's born. You know, we, we're in our, we're, we're learning how to, I don't know if we're walking yet, but we're certainly crawling. You know, we've gone through these like big cycles of 87 and 2010 and 2012 and 2020 and 2022 and 23. And we're, and we're looking somehow there is something in us that speaks to 27. Now, I don't know what that's going to look like. I just know that all I can do is keep honoring what's moving through me. The joy, the triggers, the shadows, the boundaries, the no boundaries, the abilities, the inabilities. And notice that I am a child of the collective. These are collective archetypes. It was moving through our parents and our grandparents. And now it's moving in me. And it was moving through our lineages what is your lineage? You know, we if you go into interdimensional reality, all these lineages have also been at war. So it's in our lineages where we're, we were not accepted or we were accepted or we were superior or inferior. There's the bloodline of our, our you know, this body form. But to me, there is also that ancestry that exists in our incarnation. Through these streams of consciousness, you know, I, I'm I'm not someone who thinks this personality that we're called Tamayo is is appearing, but there is a soul star. There is a frequency that reappears, and I often think of the Matrix. Some of you young people have probably never seen it. <laughs> you reckon? You reckon? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> somebody, somebody reminded me recently. Do you know how old that is, Tan Mahayo? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that piece in the Matrix where the Oracle comes back. And she looks at him and says, well, some things stay and other things are different. And it's like, Morpheus also saying some things stay the same and some things change. So, but there is a signature and we know each other. We we know when we meet someone, there's a familiarity. You know, we don't need to go diving into where did I know you from and what pantheon did we play in or and maybe that will appear and maybe it never will. But our body sensory memory is aware of the meeting. So we trust our bodies. And this is a long way around to come back to how is the pause different? It's living into the pause in every breath. Life is meditation. It's, it's, it's just, it's impossible to be anything other than present. So I can be present to my slothfulness. I'm not getting up today. I don't want to dry the dishes or even wash the other dishes. 
yeah, I'm just, and I and I'm present to the critic that said that. <clears throat> so we simply become relaxed in our awareness, which is where the gentleness, inquiry, contemplation, and patience are necessary. Because we know how to beat ourselves up better than anybody. So if you feel like you're getting nowhere, hear that as the inner judge, the very thing that that can be said. See, this structure that we created, it doesn't know you're going to survive without all of those modified behaviors that kept you safe. It doesn't know you're going to survive. There's distortions of personality, conditionings of personality. Yeah, so it will fight you. It will find it, it's not going to let go. It's been the boss, you know. It's like I think it's Gurdjieff who said that beautiful story about the, there's a carriage and four horses and a driver, and the carriage is the body, the driver is the mind, and the horses are the emotions, and they're going every which way, and the owner of the carriage and the body. And the horses is asleep in the back. You know? So at some point we wake up and go, oh, this is a bumpy ride. Maybe I better, <laughs> maybe I better say, oh. <laughs> so we take charge of ourselves so that the belonging starts in here by receiving me to belong to myself in whatever state I'm in, whether I made a mess, where I'm in a shadowy experience. Where, where, if my words were unkind, whatever it is, or if I gave away you know, this month's rent money because I felt it was better suited somewhere else, it doesn't matter. Or I'm drunk in the corner or I've had too much, you know, too many ceremonies maybe. You know, well, there's too many ceremonies. So I've been to so many medicine ceremonies. I'm not grounded. I don't know how to integrate. You know, we can become addicted to anything especially achievement and perfection. So be kind. Live in to the experience you have in the moment with your breath. Soften your belly, drop your shoulders. And remember that in this moment, you are gifted with the grace of this breath to have the experience you're having, whatever it might be. Yes, you wind her up, you know, she just goes off like a little little dino. So much. Thank you so much for sharing that. The yeah, the pauses that we seek to cultivate and then how they become life. That is actually you painted that very vividly, actually. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Thank you. Yeah. And as you were sharing, one of the things that became aware for me was I've heard, not denounced, but some people be somewhat clear that Jinkies is, is it's not, a, like, relax, it's not a healing tool. <laughs> it's, it's just your profile. But then listening to you share, and, you know, we've discussed belonging quite a bit today, and also, you know, that yearning and that searching and that longing 
and ultimately that longing coming home to itself. In there, it's, I can see the bits of potentially that we find healing nonetheless, even though it's not a healing tool when we can find the longing in the collective for exactly who we are, which is the hologenetic profile. Every person as a guide that I've had the immense pleasure of sitting down with and going, do you want to get your Jinkies profile? And they're like, yep. And I'm like, do it in front of me. <laughs> I want to watch you read it. <laughs> and then you watch them and they're like, huh? And they're like, the face just wants to become the screen. <laughs> it's just like, this is so me. How does it know? <laughs> it's always, I'm always in awe of that. Yes. And just the, yeah, the collective belonging that enables us to be even more ourselves. That feels it there there just is a healing in there whether we like it or not yeah and the, i think that in this in this you know last night because uh we had a golden path open call that's open to the public actually and we're doing q a so it's generally elijah and i and a guest and last night elijah was away so it was jesse chestnut who you may all know from clubhouse he's marvelous he's super and Daniel Holman, who's also on Clubhouse these days, um, and myself. And um, there was something in all of that that kind of touches on what we're talking about today. And this, you know, for some people, their journey is in relating. And for some people, their journey might be going through a phase of not relating or Maybe they're not here anymore for, for that piece. But the the intensity is still the intensity. That longing can become very lonely. And you because you're still seeking something that's not here. So how many people can say they've been lonely in a relationship? We can be lonely in a relationship. We, we are star systems coming together, circling each other, loving each other, melting into each other, standing apart from each other and growing and evolving into these uniquenesses. So there are often going to be moments where there is this, who am I? So whether we're together with another significant other, or we're living a singular life, there, you know, or not a singular life, but a single life, life is the teacher. So in the Gene Keys, you know, there is this beautiful archetype of the 55 and, and its programming partner, the 59. And I'm not going to explain any of that here today, the, you know, there is, you can go to jinkies.com. You can get your Tease. profile. <laughs> you can look it up. Hook you and come check them out. for you or not for you. I hope, of course, that some of you it will be for you. Um, I think most of you it's for you. <laughs> yeah. And there's this, this dance of freedom and intimacy. To me, this is the major dance of all relating. And it's also the major dance within I want to be free and authentic to be myself. And able to do that, I need to be deeply intimate with me. Mm. 
until I can only show up for the other as much as I'm able to show up for me. And we we can know this as a concept, but living it as a reality, this is a whole other thing. This is why it's life work. Whatever it is we're doing, you know, this whole incarnation, as far as I can see, is an invitation to authenticity, to step out of all of these conditionings. Or maybe we'll never step out of all of the conditionings. Maybe that's like, you know, Achilles and his heel, you know, or Chiron that you can never quite heal the wounded healer. And maybe there's a kindness in that that maybe brings humility in order to serve and be of service, to, to, to meet someone in your real humanity without being above or superior, or, but to share your heart. And sometimes the, the collective has a wounded heart right now. And yet there's lots of blossoming and flowering and beautiful things happening everywhere. So we come to that 55 and 59, and in the book, Richard talks about how we are going through this mutative change that ultimately may change our sexuality or our biology, maybe not in this lifetime, but you know, there are dimensions within Gaia herself, and there are dimensions of love. You know, Richard is, I mean, I'm the, I'm, the love, I'm the love goddess, if I'm anything. But you can only love, as far as I can see, if you fall in love with holy truth. I had to peel away things that I thought, I am never going to be able to say those words out loud. I'm never going to be able to confront that. Because, you know, a person can be brave on one level, but to be vulnerable, to feel how... Oh, it's almost unbearably raw inside to acknowledge as a pain, a trauma, a suffering, or even even the sorrow, the grief at the end of a relationship. Somebody has finished and completed the cycle. Maybe you haven't. Or maybe they did walk away because they know they had to complete the cycle, but they might be equally as raw because love has been shared, regardless of what came about to bring the separate ways. So coming to have the courage to know yourself is to lean into that sensitivities that you want to, yeah. Bolster up against. Bravado. (laughs) Or very subtly, of course, because we're super intelligent and we're still protecting that little whatever it is our sacred cows you know we've got a lot of them in the backyard (laughs) and so suddenly you know it's it starts to moo a bit louder Mm. (laughs) say hello i'm here i'm not going away and you realize and sometimes that not going away can be really pain in the body and you can have body work and all kinds of things and sometimes deep somatic work is exactly what is needed and will help your body receive you more fully and sometimes it just needs your willingness to sit in have a sacred breath allow yourself to feel how uncomfortable it is and just breathe your head's still trying to fix it. You see, it wants to sort it out, wants to know what it's about. 
And that's what takes you out of the body again. And then I'm back in that child that watched and thought those words they're speaking and what they're feeling and what's on their face are three different things. So I started to take that in. How am I doing with that three different things? And what distortions is that creating within? Yeah, and then how do I show up for me? And well, then we show up in our distortions, and that's okay too. You know, yeah. that's part of the, <laughs> the face of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And you go, oh, listen to me. What a load of all tosh I'm speaking now. Mm. You know, it's it's such an acceptance. Mm. But only when you fall in love with truth does that loving acceptance take hold. Because otherwise it would be spiritual bypassing. Can you explain that a little bit further? Well, it would be, you know, like, well, so for example, because we play with charts like we do in Gene Keys, and there's a thing called a six line. And we all know what six line beings are. They're, you know, they're, they're visionary educators, but they kind of start, they're observers and they kind of stand outside that, that, what, what's going on. And they're here to bring through whatever vision they see that the whole in their field needs. Now, that can be, it's not about um, the vocation of that or the doing of it. it. You can be building furniture and you're bringing that educational vision to how you're crafting. It's, this is just how it happens through me. What happens in this vehicle and in this wounded pattern is the way that this wound escapes is to isolate, to leave the building. I might be physically here, but I've left. There's no energy here for what's going on. But the other way that I do it is arrogance. And the arrogance can also be superior so if I know because of my superior nature, I don't have to go in. I don't have to inquire what is underneath this arrogance. I don't have to inquire about that because mm. I'm superior in that moment. Yeah. Or another scenario of it is that let's say I'm really hurt. Something's happened. I'm really hurt. I don't feel I can communicate the heart because that's way too scary you know so let's play with the 55 and the 59 so I'm the good friend if I have the image of the good friend I have to keep hold of that image and if I was transparent and shared how I felt I'm going to blow that image I'm afraid to blow that image that it might disturb the intimacy between me and the other so I keep quiet and I and I go to the lofty place, my spiritual home. Well, of course, you know, it's really okay because it, it wasn't intentional and I should give love, show love to non-love. And I talk myself from this high place. But that is spiritual bypassing. I'm heart. That's the reality. <coughs> It's a big part of it, honouring our emotions and that we're feeling in the body, but sort of yeah, and, uh, just wandering away a little bit. Yeah, because 
those two keys in particular, the 55 and the 59, I mean, we could play with any, but I just yeah. happen to be yeah, here with it, yeah. is this, um, oh, what did you just say? The emotions. It's, yeah, thank you. It's, we are here to deeply immerse ourselves in emotional intelligence. And the only way we can do that is to come to accept what we're feeling. Because if I can't feel it, how can I heal it? I'm just a walking head. I know about it. About it. But I'm not in the experience of it. Yeah, I would have just jumped in there and almost argued, you know, that whole quote, like a lot of man's issues come from not being able to sit in a room, well, man and woman, but being able to sit in a room alone with themselves and how much of what we do day to day actually may just be a consequence of us just trying to fulfill emotions, run from emotions, et cetera, et cetera, and not feel. Well, you know, we have particularly had over the past however many hundreds of years very strong gender-based conditioning. I mean, we're only, for me, I can see we're only just now even coming out of the waters of freedom of expression for love, for sexuality, for how you how you share your life, whether it's alone, a couple, polyamorous, throuples, whatever it is that is real for you, you know, it's like I, I'm not here to judge how somebody else I if we can do it with awareness. You know? And there are lots of people on this planet living lives of awareness in ways that experience, that express their authentic nature. So we're we're kind of you know slowly coming out of that cocoon, which the wisdom that is held in the emotional body in the deep cauldron that we're always talking about this. Think of this cauldron of life. The, for women, we could talk about it as the womb life, this this void. But I like to talk about it in a way that it's there for all of us through the umbilical. You know, we come to this place of being totally connected with all that is, and and that cauldron of life, the tapestry of life that holds us, is a well of living wisdom, and there is no gender attached to it. But we have been conditioned, you know, to behave this way or that way. And if we and if we dare to behave as neither of those, oh my goodness. And that was bound to be an expression. It's like, okay, then we're, you know, because we are creative creatures. We're going to push all the boundaries and find out, no, no, we're going to do it like this then. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of a little squeaky, squirmy ways. (laughs) But, But when we come to seeing that, I think many of us here are actually already living this solitary I mean, it's not so solitary. I feel so connected with all that is. But I'm a single being that, you know, I don't have a, a, a intimate partner. Or I should say a sexual partner. And I have lived through that longing. I have lived through the loneliness and the longing to come to sit in and realize 
My love does not have an object of desire. Something happens, some kind of, that that longing for God, that longing for the divine, the, the truth of continuously being willing to encounter the moment, something fell away. The golden cage, the gate was unlocked, the scaffolding fell down. But after groups and meditation and moment to moment, and and as that was happening for me, it was happening across the globe by millions of people, all <laughs> breaking this down. You know, so I often hear people saying, I apologize if I've said this before, you know, we'll talk about boomers and boomeritis and how terrible we are and all of these things. Yeah, we're a pretty rock and roll, sex and drugs lot, you know. I mean, of course, we're terribly straight. Ah, the 60s. It depends what we're doing. You're an elder person. You're not supposed to be talking about things like that. Pardon? Who are you? What are you talking about? But the thing is, we're here now. We're here now, and we have these extraordinary opportunities. And many people for the last 100 years, and I would say powerfully the last 60 or 70, have been beating down these doors of density. You know, have been, we went, years ago, there was tough groups called encounter groups, it was like beating yourself up all over again (laughs) until we learned to be gentle we learned to go hey this is not okay we were re-traumatizing ourselves but we were so willing and so determined and we were still pushing out we hadn't learned to go in yet but over those many years people have learned to go in and they have slowly been teaching others to go in And it's that going in that starts this softening that Richard talks about. And it starts to, as your essence takes up space in your inner house, it is substance. It is nectar. It's not an idea in the mind. Your sensory awareness is your guide. So breathe deep into your body. And if you are, are going through that thing of missing the object of desire, it's okay. And the pain of that longing and loneliness and not having somebody to go to something with or feeling like the odd person out or your family saying, oh, it would be so nice if you had a partner. You know, whatever these things are, realize this is an aspect of your journey. You haven't strayed away from your journey. There's nothing wrong with you. You are being given this gift of experiencing yourself and unfortunately also loneliness and the longing for the other. But if you stay with it, instead of trying to sort it out or or beat yourself up because somehow you you didn't do it right or you're not smart enough or small enough or big enough or large enough or thin enough or whatever enough. Yeah. You start to notice, oh, this is the stories that keep me in this in this cycle. And it brings us back to what you asked about the emotions. 
we don't use our feeling wisdom as much as we use emotions as melodrama. We get caught in emotional reaction. And if we can catch ourselves in the emotional reaction, that's the wound. The wound is appearing through this emotional reaction. And it sounds, however it sounds, angry, blaming, cruel, or numb, or move, whatever it does, rejecting. And then we start to feel the guilt and the shame and the cycle goes. And we start to notice, oh, I'm allowing this to myself. I'm actually allowing myself to go on and on with this. And it hurts. And I can't fix it. And I'm just going to have to sit here and breathe and see what, what, what is the teaching in here. And notice how the mental story takes me away from the direct experience which lives in the breath and in the body. So you bring that little train of the story back and you start to notice, oh, that's what happens. Because as a child, we had to compartmentalize to stay safe. And we're terrified of feeling more pain. What if I sit in here and it feels worse? Well, this is the place where we need to see at times that we are a contemplative community. We're meditators, contemplatives, inquirers, whatever you want to say. And there are moments where we need professional care. Whether it's somatic body work or whether you realize, well, I need help. You know, when you're sitting in front of a guide, a counselor, a psychologist, a therapist, whoever they are, if they are have been mastering their craft, they are there as your, they're holding space for what they hear and feel and see in the beauty of who you are that you can't quite see because you're in, you're caught, you're caught in the story, in the loop, you know, cascading in a direction that will bring more shadows instead of when we're held in presence, something is already changing in us without, without language. And that change allows that cascade to cascade into love, into bliss, into freedom, into the gifts, into the allowing of the sanctity of life to flow through us, the gratitude that is our true nature. All of these things become an aspect of our willingness to simply sit into that breath and allow whatever it is, whether it's the longing for love or the longing for this or God or a new car or, you know, whatever is going on. We don't know that, you know, we measure better. What's, well, we should be longing for God. We don't know that. <laughs> God. You know, so we, we see what we do. I mean, we're just glorious. As, as we have over this period of time been breaking down this density in the field around the world, thousands, millions of people meditating with pure hearts. You know, people who are doing their inner work, every single stream of consciousness is being moved into a 
more coherent resonant frequency in that moment. And suddenly we find ourselves aligned. And we also can't cling to that. Because then the next moment is the next moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's very tricky. (laughs) The slipperiness of it all and yet the anchoring of it all. Oh, ten Mayo. Thank you so much. I don't even know. I will finish by saying, though, one of the things I just, you know, you talked about the Trinity before, and for me, it's it's not lost to me. I have this kind of awareness, and it's just, I don't know, from the bottom up or top down, whatever. Looking into the Gene Keys, um, there's Richard the Mystic and Elijah the Wizard and Tanmaya the Oracle. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's my humble view of all the magic that's been going on for the last little while. So I just wanted to, I couldn't let you go without knowing that that's kind of what I see. <laughs> Elijah had a really good laugh too. So. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that again, can I just say this little thing? Oh, it's just that, you know, you asked me, you know, I was at Richard's workshop, that workshop back in 2005. And when I look back now, that was one of those other defining moments. Like, the moments of, there are many moments, like the moments when I finally said, I can't go on after 22 years, right, to stop now. I'm disrespecting myself, disrespecting you. And then other moments along the way, but that was another one. And I walked into that room and I looked at this man and I thought, I don't know who he is, this tall, leggy Englishman. I thought, you know, to check this out a little bit. And, you know, but I thought he is seeded. Everything in me knew, I don't know what this is, but this this is something for the future. Everything we knew, this is something for the future. We kind of just looked at each other in this knowing way. And I have never been friends with a with a with a guide, a, a teacher, or any of those things. I'm there for the transmission. But there was something in that meeting that I already knew I'm walking out the door to con- to start this walk. And he he said, go do it. But ni- neither of us, I mean, remember, there's no book. There's no website. You know, there's this workshop and there's one sheet that was the, and a little tiny little booklet like this of, that they put together, him and Werner. Pitzel, which I'm sure you will come to meet soon because he and Richard are working again on integral human design, you know, which is Werner's um, property, his creative expression, along with Richard and his wife, Laura. So th- they were there and I thought, I don't know who these people are, but I actually know who these people are. And that's your knowing. And the problem we have is we try and make it logical. We want to rationalize everything because that's been the teaching for the last goodness knows how long. We haven't, tr- we were taught not to trust our feelings. They were made less of than pragmatism and wisdom and the, or that what they called wisdom. You know, they were made less. But now we're saying actually, how can I even 
communicate effectively unless I'm deeply in touch with the living wisdom that's looking to be expressed. Because then we have intelligence, not intellect. So take your time, enjoy your coffee, or whatever it is you love. Yeah, I, I actually, the words are escaping me to thank you for this conversation. But I, I, as a host, I do need to find the words. So, thank you so much <laughs> for sharing yourself so abundantly here today. And for those that know, you mentioned you know, you're doing workshops, and yeah, you know, sometimes I, I, I just peer over the fence. And I'm like, I reckon Tamaya does more meetings online <laughs> uh, should I say with, with her what was it degenerating youth or <laughs> what did you call it um yeah then most people will do in a lifetime you probably do that much in a month <laughs> I would say um and just yeah taking that moment to not just acknowledge you for today and our call here and this conversation on this podcast that we get to share with everyone but also just the work that you just unboundedly infinitely wholeheartedly with your entire being continue to show up again and again and again and around the gene keys and just yeah like i said to you before we jumped on the call there is such a nurturance in the space that you hold for us all i'm just forever grateful and i'm just really glad i got to revel in today's conversation mm-hmm. with you about yeah just intelligence beyond the mind and the deep knowing and yeah thank you so much Thank you. What a pleasure. Till next time. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.